Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 499. Unfortunately, this past week, Bullet Bob Armstrong passed away at the age of 80. Uh, his career spanned decades in the wrestling business. And I knew him most, which is so weird to say because it was such a short stint, but his work in TNA when he was there in 2006 and, and he teamed up with his son, Brian, uh, as well as Kip James, uh, Road Dog, Billy Gunn. I remember they did some arm wrestling stuff and he also at one point took on uh, AJ Styles and Tomko. I remember that for the, the tag team titles. They didn't win, but it was cool to see him wrestle at uh, at such an older age and and still like be Bullet Bob. Like you go back and watch uh, wrestling matches of his from the from the eighties, from the seventies, and it's like the same thing. Never missed a beat there. He was the patriarch of the Armstrong family uh, with his sons. I just said Road Dog, Jesse James, Scott Armstrong, um, Brad Armstrong, as well as Steve Armstrong, and. Uh, we just wanted to offer our condolences to the Armstrong family and, of course, his friends. And we, we'd like to pay tribute to him with a 10-bell salute. Welcome to Markin' Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Thank you for listening. My name is Dave the Rave, and I am one of your hosts of this amazing podcast listening experience. All that fun stuff that Brandon says. Go check us out, MarkinOut.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Spotify, Spotify. ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Go give us a like on Facebook. Go follow us on Twitter. And make sure you're following Brandon at BTTG161. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing pretty great, you know? How was your week? It was good. I did some cooking. Uh, some experimental cooking, I guess you would say. Uh, I made, oh, wow. I, first, okay, so I wanted... I want. I just had a, a craving for fresh mozzarella cheese. So it's funny you say that because the past week I've been thinking about that. About me wanting fresh moths. 
Yeah, and I never knew why, <laughs> but now it makes sense. Okay. So I, I pick it up and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? And then my neighbor has a garden. She had um, tomatoes, really good tomatoes. So like cherry tomatoes. Uh-huh. So she had given us some and I cut them up. I'm like, I'm going to need way more. So I had to go over, get more tomatoes, got tomatoes. Uh, and then I make, I made a, a, a pesto sauce. But okay. instead of basil and pine nuts, I use cilantro and almonds. Okay. It's good. And it's, I guess it's good. This is all like post-Jared era. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I might have put too much garlic in, but then there's people who say, like, you can never have too much garlic. I I will put garlic in anything. I'm a big garlic fan. So I did that. I mixed it in with the pasta, the tomatoes, which mm-hmm. I salted. Uh, so the juice had time to come out, okay. roasted peppers and, uh, the fresh mozzarella cheese and it, it was good. Um, and then I, I marinated balsamic chicken uh-huh. or, or marinated chicken for, to make it balsamic or whatever mm-hmm. and, and had that grilled, uh, which was, it was good. So I'm looking forward to eating more of these dishes. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, how about yourself? Anything? Still no Anything. Uh, still no cooking? No. No experimental cooking on my end. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, no. No experimental cooking at all. Well, it sounds um, like you're experimental eating. Yeah, yeah. I do have a little uh, popsicle. A popsicle? One of the, what are you saying? One of the, well, not a popsicle. A frozen pop. Freezer pop. Oh, if, oh yeah. Dude, even, those are the even even less twenty five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you you don't get better than a freezer pop. You know, you go to BJ's, you get like the a, huge box, an Otter Pop, uh, a Freezy, an Icy. There's yeah. so many names for that thing. I mean, you have the package of a box of two hundred ninety nine, um, some freezer pops, and it's only like nine dollars, ten dollars. Yeah, I you mean, can, if you're, well, what flavor are you eating? Grape. Uh, orange. 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 Ugh, not good. What? It's grape, no, it, grape and cherry. That's it. No way. This tastes like a creamsicle. Uh, that's disgusting. Creamsicle, creamsicles are gross. What? No, no, no. I, I hate creamsicles. Like creamsicles. I really dislike creamsicles. And uh, I just do. And what? I just do. I don't like orange. Do you like vanilla? I don't like frozen orange. Do you like vanilla? Yeah, but I don't like frozen orange. And well, I don't the... like orange and vanilla together. That's for sure. Frozen. And there's that thing... At Disney World, they have yeah. they Dole, have don't the, don't you have Dole Whips? That's pineapple. It's frozen pineapple. Yeah, pineapple is way different than than orange, and they do have the orange bird drink or mm-hmm. or frozen thing, but it's it's literally as like it's like fro- soft serve orange juice, and it's disgusting. <laughs> but they also have the orange Dole Whip as well. Mm-hmm. But I I can't do creamsicle. It's just ugh, disgusting. I, I I am a creamsicle fan. I will have creamsicle every day of my life if possible. But yeah, not possible. Oh, I'm glad that's on audio now. <laughs> but uh, we had a bunch of professional wrestling this weekend. Yeah, uh, over here we're saying week. we're gonna have a quick recording. Yet we're talking for five minutes about creamsicles. All right, you're talking about <laughs> getting the creamsicles, but. Uh, NXT TakeOver 30 taking place at the WWE, uh, not Performance Center, at Full Sail University. Um, 
before we actually talk about the event, I just want to mention the fact that Corey Graves was on commentary with Beth Phoenix and Vic Joseph for this, which I thought was cool because Corey Graves did the commentary on the first ever TakeOver event. So that's cool. Uh, we had the, the golden role models in the crowd five years to the day of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, Drew McIntyre, the WWE champion, was there in the crowd. Cesaro was there. Cesaro. So that yeah, it was really cool to see everybody like come out, watch the the show, make it feel more special, more of like a a takeover where we would have seen perhaps NXT Takeover Boston. Yeah, it's always nice to see them span the crowd and show. Oh, this guy from the main roster or a woman's from the from the main roster well, is all, watching the event. They're all main or... roster guys and girls now. So that's true. Well uh, but the the we had a kickoff show match, uh, number one contender ship on the line for the NXT Tag Team Titles. Brizango picking up the victory over Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch, as well as Legato del Fantasma. I was totally surprised by this. I was thinking Legato del Fantasma with all that it's been going on that they would have picked this up. I figured. Well, I had picked Bur- Birch and Lorkin, and I figured mm-hmm. because we saw. Brizango have a title shot in June that they would lose. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. And and um, it was a good match. It was fun. And I, I just one of these days, I would love for a kickoff show match to spill over onto the main pay-per-view card. What do you mean? We've never seen that. Where it's like the, the kickoff show is they have their match or whatever, and it just, it just keeps going. And it's like, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with the intro to SummerSlam. And oh, then and then, as we saw in the kickoff show, this match is still going. So it's like already in progress. And people are like, wait, what's going on? And it's like, bro, I, I, gotta watch that, the kickoff show. That would be interesting, but I feel like that would ruin the pay-per-views themselves. I don't think so. It's, I mean, it's a one-off. And DVDs. I mean, if they do DVDs anymore. Well, I, they I don't do. Know. That would be I, always, I always hated when they had on DVD... The kickoff show match would be a bonus feature. And it was pissing me mm-hmm. off because the match took place number one. Mm-hmm. Why am I watching it number 10? Yeah. So, That's very true. But the uh, actual card kicks off with Finn Balor defeating Timothy Thatcher. Um, good, good match. You it, know, yeah, it's a match that we really don't see Balor working much. It was a, a more oh, technical that. style match to fit yeah, Balor, Timothy Thatcher. Bal- Damn, Balor went full-blown, pretty much technical wrestler during this and was trying to grapple with Thatcher in his own game with submissions and stuff like that. Um, and it was it was a really cool thing to see from Balor. Yeah, and it was – he held the record. He broke the record. This is Finn Balor's 12th NXT TakeOver victory. Yeah. I don't think anybody crazy. even comes close. Uh-uh. After this, we saw Damian Priest pick up a victory over Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Velveteen Dream, and Cameron Grimes to become the new North American champion for that vacated title. So Um, happy about this. This was, uh, like, from the start, it was really cool. Like, uh, Bronson Reed had that Bam Bam Bigelow gear, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. But uh, the match itself was filled with a lot of cool spots. I mean... Yeah, everybody had a time to shine during this match. Yeah, I liked when uh, when Cameron Grimes decided to climb up two ladders at the same time, mm-hmm. and he ends up in that split position. 
Yeah, that was a cool spot. And then you had Bronson Reed going underneath him. Yeah. I like Bronson Reed with the ladder spot. where The, it's the kind ladder pile-up? Uh, no, no, the Terry Funk spot. Oh. Where he has it, the lat- his head between the ladder and he's just going around hitting people like that. I thought you were talking about the, the pile-up spot that he had. Like, everybody, like, ends Not- up crashing into the corner and then he hits that, that splash onto everyone. I mean, what about talking about splashes? What about yeah. that splash with uh, Candice LeRae on his back? Yeah, Candice LeRae prevents to... uh, Cameron Grimes and Bronson Reed from winning. Uh, but Bronson Reed hit that, what I'm calling click-click-boom. Not click-click-boom, mm-hmm. thick-thick-boom. Forgot that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, he hits that huge splash off the ladder with Candice LeRae on his back onto Johnny Gargano. Uh, the match comes down to Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. Uh, Johnny undoes the strap, but Priest held on to it. Yeah, I, then, I, then, I, yeah. I think later on, was he was uh, celebrating, went with his gear on into a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, this was. A, I think that this was a lot of fun to watch, and what was cool is every single person in this match. Look at the roster. You got Priest, Gargano, Reed, Dream, Grimes. All of them are totally different. You know, they're all totally different. And it was just a lot of fun to watch. And it seemed like almost, it seemed like anybody could have actually won that match. It wasn't like one-sided or anything. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Next up, you had Adam Cole pick up the victory over Pat McAfee. Um Got to give it up for Pat McAfee. Yeah. Uh, I guess the first huge spot of the night, uh, not of the night, of that match, um, Undisputed Era came down to stop Pat McAfee's guys. And McAfee hits a huge rolling senton from the top to the outside onto everybody. Yeah. And it's like, totally, okay, he's here to play. Totally took them out. I mean, my favorite McAfee spot was the moonsault. Yeah. You yeah, know, Adam the, Cole, they were up on the, the top rope. Adam Cole pushes him off, lands on his feet, moonsault, basically. Perfect. Standing position, then clears the top rope for a superplex. So now, why did you ask me that? What? You asked me if we've ever seen somebody jump to the top rope Because I before. saw in his training video, he he did that with no oh. hands. With no hands. He went on. He said that he never did a moonsault though, where he lands on his feet. That was his first attempt, I believe. Because and it was perfect. Spot, once that spot happened, I was just like, "Wait, why did Brandon ask me that?" Like, <laughs> like the only other person that I, I, I don't, I don't know if Shelton Benjamin does that or not, or if I'm like making oh, it up in my head. But he might no. be. Uh oh, with that, with a belly, with a belly to belly. But like I don't know if he clears the top rope or not, or if he That's uses the, I don't, the, the I don't second know. rope to to get up there or not. I, I just like I like if there was gonna be somebody to do it, it would be Shelton Benjamin. I feel like we may have seen somebody do that before into a C, what a C four. Uh, that's possible as well. Yeah, Spanish fly. I'm, yeah, Spanish fly. But, I don't know where. I but C4. yeah, I I, I enjoyed. Virtual? What was that? C four virtual. Yeah. Okay, but I enjoyed this match, Pat McAfee. I said he was not going to because of Randy Orton. You said why not? Pat McAfee hits a punt that was different than Randy Orton's punt, which I thought was cool. It was like a, uh, it was like a famouser setup almost. Yeah, 
But he hits the punt, and then he takes a Panama Sunrise to lose. And it was like, he, he was completely natural in the ring. After that match, I'm like, uh, yeah, sign Pat McAfee. I wouldn't go that far, but... Dude, why not? Like, he was there. He was there. He showed up. It was great. I think that he's a... Uh, I don't know. He's an eye catch, you know? But I don't think he's Not, really. I mean, I catch to... Rue. I don't care about Pat McAfee with like ESPN or anything. Yeah, exactly. I care about somebody that went in there was entertaining as hell, and it was enjoyable to watch. Well, no denying that. But next up, you had Io Shirai pick up the victory over Dakota Kai to retain her championship. Um, this match, I was a fan of. Yeah, I really it... like this match. Yeah, both, both and... competitors absolutely killed it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, my favorite part of this match, though, well, one of my favorite parts was at the end with Io holding the title, that you had that imagery, well, image of her holding the title with Rhea Ripley standing behind her. Skipping the whole match? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Go for it. But, yeah, no, I mean, Dakota Kai accidentally kicks the referee in the face. Raquel Gonzalez gets in the ring, hits that huge powerbomb. Io kicks out of that. I'm going to call it the Spike Powerbomb. I don't know if I like that or not. Why? Why Spike Powerbomb? Well, just because she spikes them down onto the ground. So I'm going to call it the Spike Powerbomb. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Io Shirai kicks out of that. Gonzalez attacked Io afterwards. Rhea Ripley came out. Stares her down. And then, like you said, she celebrated the title win, and Ripley has got her eyes locked on EO. Yeah, I mean, and nothing for nothing, Ripley has her eyes on the wrong place. But we'll find out more about that later on. Uh, (laughs) Next up, they announced that the NXT UK will be returning September 17th. Um, Interesting. Yeah, uh, close set. So... In the UK. I don't know if we're going to see any, like, I I don't know, because Jordan Devlin is still Cruiserweight Champion. Mm -hmm. And he's over there, so I wonder if we're going to see something with that. Didn't they release him? No, 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 no. And I wonder if, if, uh, not William Regal, if Nigel McGuinness is just going to be doing commentary over there. I mean, technically, you don't even need the commentary team to be there. That's, yes, 100% true, because we see Beth Phoenix does it remotely. Yeah, so, I mean, we're gonna Moro, see, but... I'm going to assume that we're going to see Walter again. Yeah, Walter, the NXT champion. Uh, Kaylee Ray is the NXT Done. champion. We can even see the return of, oh, I'm not going to remember her name. Never mind. Not going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but after that, they aired a Tommaso Ciampa return promo, which uh, maybe should have been expected, but maybe also shouldn't have been expected. Since there were rumors, people were like, oh, he's going to be in retribution. Really? So, yeah. Whether or not he will be, we have no idea. But here he is returning to NXT. And then the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship, Karrion Cross picks up the victory over Keith Lee to become the new champion. Karrion uh, Cross, yeah, it was uh, it fell flat a little bit towards the end, but that is not either of theirs' fault. Um, 
Karrion Cross got injured. Yeah, he. We don't even know, do we? Uh, at what point? Well, no, we we don't know. I mean, at the point, I think it was during one of his suplexes, right? Yeah, we don't know the severity of it, but like obviously, not to jump ahead, it was severe enough. I mean, we. It was said that he separated his shoulder, right? Yeah. But we don't know the severity. If I mean, if anything did happen, it pretty much makes sense to what takes place. The irony of that is that he was working Keith Lee's arm the whole match. Yeah. But he hits, uh, he had that sleeper on Keith Lee. The referee goes for that arm check, that one arm check, and right when he went to go ring the bell, Keith Lee like does the, my arm is still in the game, and mm-hmm. it didn't hit the mat. I, I thought that was good. And then I thought we were going to see a spirit bomb from the middle rope, but Karrion Cross hit that doomsday Saido and then picked up the victory. Yeah. And then... One, one, uh, one armed. Yes. One armed. And I liked that pyro exit that, that he got. Yeah. I like the pyro exit. The um, Scarlet's reaction was interesting. Like, with the slapping him on the chest and stuff and everything. I was just like, I'm trying to figure out what her um, what her mentality is with it. Yeah. You know, but awesome. Moving over to the next night, WWE SummerSlam live from the Thunderdome in Orlando, Florida, the Amway Center. Uh, kickoff show had Apollo Crews defeating MVP. I almost said Montel Fontavious Porter for some reason. <laughs> to retain the United States Championship. I thought MVP was picking this up. But I popped big time. MVP came out to Baller's Anthem, which uh, up until recently was an unreleased Jim Johnson track. Where MVP does his own his own theme. And I, like, I popped big time. Everyone's like, oh, they added fake crowd noise of MVP chants. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is like a long time ago. This was a theme song from, from years ago. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I popped for that. But uh, yeah, and, and even more so was a reason why I thought he was going to win. They gave him the Ballers Anthem and, and then he lost. But Lashley and Shelton Benjamin were banned from ringside. They come out afterwards, and Apollo Crews ends up escaping that. Uh, first match on the actual card of SummerSlam saw Bailey defending and defeating Asuka to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Should be noted that Banks with the assist. Sasha you know. Banks, Sasha Banks with uh, managerial gear rather than showing off her her new gear for before her match. I thought it was cool. Yeah, uh, but, but this this was by far my my favorite match of the night. Yeah, I thought that it was a really nice opener. The the really stunner nice that Bailey hit when she was on the middle rope and Oscar was like hung over the the middle rope. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Uh, the the springboard stunner, I guess you would say. I, I, yeah, I don't really know. I don't know what to call it. Rope hung know, stunner. Yeah, well, whatever you want to call it, it was a fun match and the right way to start off SummerSlam. Yeah, and Sasha went to get involved. Asuka knocks her off the apron, and Bailey rolls her up quickly to win. And then afterwards, Sasha Banks attacks Asuka. Bailey joins in, and uh, Kayla Braxton interviews them later on. And Sasha Banks said, "If Bailey could beat Asuka, I can too," which is just like, oh no. 
that's just like furthermore yeah. adding fire to the fuel of when this thing blows up, if it blows up correctly, it's going to be a really good feud. Mm-hmm. Next match up saw the Street Profits defend the Raw Tag Team Championships, retaining them over Andrade and Angel Gar- Gar- Garza. Jeez. Yeah. Angel Garcia, who's that? <laughs> but uh, Kevin Owens, I think I went to school with that guy. But Kevin Owens was on commentary, uh, which I thought I, when he came out, I was like, what is he wearing? Because he had like a, a red tie over the Street Profits shirt. Mm-hmm. I thought he was wearing tape over it, like to like censor it. Oh, like a okay. right to censor thing. And then I realized it was his tie. I was like, oh, that's funny. But uh, Street Profits, brand new entrance in the Thunderdome, have uh, solo cups falling from the ceiling, uh, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a nice little uh, additive. And in this match, I think maybe one of the only times we've ever seen a double foot stomp make sense. Where Garza was holding Montez Ford, and Andrade went up and hit the move. Mm-hmm. Other times, it's like, how many times have we complained about the Del Rio foot stomp spot? Where they're hanging on forever. Nah. So, it was cool to see something that made sense. But, Zelina Vega gets up on the ring apron to argue with Montez Ford. Um, Ford accidentally knocks her off. Almas went to go check on her. And Garza went for a tag. Not there. And then, obviously, Montez Ford hits that that really nice twisting yeah. frog splash. What, win. Something that I really liked with this was where Montez Ford went flying to the outside of the ring, only to get caught by Andrade yeah. and Garza, and then they rocked him with that powerbomb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up was one of my favorites of the night. Mandy Rose picking up the victory over Sonya Deville. Uh, in a, what was it, a loser leave town match? Uh, basically, yeah. No DQ, loser leaves WWE. Yeah. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, it seems like the both of them had fun doing this match as well. I like uh, Sonya teasing the face buster that Manny does. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I would have liked to have seen more DQ stuff, though. Or no DQ stuff, I should say. Like, they well, had I mean, a table, but they didn't use it. They had a chair, but, like, it completely missed her. Didn't use it. The chair, the chair part was pretty cool, where she like slid it across the yeah, table. Yeah, was like order up. Yeah, but afterwards, Otis came out and celebrated Mandy's big victory, uh, hoisting her up on his shoulder. She uh, danced with him and everything. Did the worm or or caterpillar, I guess, but in, mm-hmm. in in one place, which I think was kind of impressive. Yeah. Um. I what something that I didn't like about this match, though, and I. It just it irked me was the finish. I loved and I totally marked out for Mandy Rose's Shining Wizard. I thought it looked nasty. I thought it looked really, really good. But Sonia Deville didn't sell it that much. Um, she was pissed off and angry and ups- like she was more angry and everything like that, like selling all of that uh, aspect of losing the match. But she didn't sell the kick. And that kind of bothered me. What's your well, take? I, I mean, to me, whatever. It wasn't something I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's when I tweeted out, like, a hear me out sort of thing. Yeah. Mandy Rose was dressed in white and gold. 
just like Macho Man was when he got married at SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yo, she's dressed like Macho Man after uh, the Fiend's match and or during the Fiend's match with Braun Strowman. Otis can come out, cash in. Fiend doesn't have to lose. Braun could could take the, the pin there, become the new Universal Champion. Celebrate the end of it ends. SummerSlam ends with them getting married. I would have popped big time, but <laughs> did it happen? Nope. Matchup next was Seth Rollins picking up that victory over Dominic, making his debut, his in ring debut in a street fight. Marked the absolute hell out for Seth Rollins wearing Halloween Havoc 97 Rey Mysterio inspired gear. Dude, that gear. I thought was that was awesome. fantastic. Right? I uh, I liked Dominic hitting that the white Russian leg sweep from the, the top the, rope through the, yeah, that was through pretty the table. Cool. Oh, not not probably not an homage to Sandman, but no, that, I that mean, was definitely a Sandman move. Not from the rope though. Uh, it might have done it once in a while from the from the middle rope or, or No, that thing. would mean that he would have to climb to climb a rope. He I don't think he has that in him. <laughs> I don't think he has it in, but yeah, no, but this was, I, Rollins really put over Dominic well in this match. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Murphy gets involved, uh, tried to do the eye thing, but Rey Mysterio made the save. Rollins attacks Seth, uh, not Seth, he attacks Rey Mysterio. They end up handcuffing Rey to the ropes and went to go hit him with kendo sticks, but turn their attention to Rey Mysterio's wife, Dominic's I mother. I marked at this moment because I'm like, if like, I love that Rollins was playing off of her, trying to like get her to become a follower pretty much. Uh, and then Dominic ends up attacking them before he could do anything before they could do anything. And, mm -hmm. uh, Rollins ends up getting his knees up when Dominic went for a second frog splash and ended up with the uh, hitting a curb stomp to, to win that match. And I, I really enjoyed this match. I agree with you. I thought it would have been cool if uh, a cool little turn we had Rey Mysterio, his wife. We had Dominic. I know this is probably not anything that his huh. daughter wants to do, but if she were to get involved there and like turn on the Mysterio family, and then she's the one that joins Seth Rollins, she doesn't even have to wrestle. Exactly. That's kind of why I totally marked out for this. That, but I'm saying his daughter. Oh, his daughter. Huh. I, I, thought, think, I think that, that would have been cool. But, uh, yeah. After that, we saw Asuka defeat Sasha Banks to retain... Not to retain. To win the Raw Women's Championship. Um, Sasha Banks with that that cool... I, I guess you would... I don't... It's not a sunset flip, but I like a, a rolling powerbomb off the apron. Hard hit for Asuka. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. I liked uh, Asuka hitting that DDT while both of them were on the middle rope. Mm -hmm. That was cool, but yeah. it was and this was a good match too. The back and forth between the Oscar Lock and the bank, the bank statement that was like that was really fun to watch, mm -hmm. and it had a great ending to it. Yeah, the only I thing I didn't understand was commentary after after the loss. They tried to blame Bailey for it. It made no sense. Like Oscar was still distracted with Bailey, so. It would have given Banks the advantage there. Mm -hmm. She reversed the bank statement. 
and put the Oscar lock on. It was like, that's not Bailey's fault. I mean, Bailey could have um, got it in there to help out. Just saying, this is her friend. She you know? went up onto the ring apron to to distract Oscar. That should have given Banks all the the amount of distraction needed. Yeah, well, it just wasn't enough. Um, next up, you had Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Randy Orton to retain his championship. Are we shocked here, or what? Uh... I picked Orton to win. I, I'm pretty I sure Orton you did too. too. I was not expecting McIntyre to go over, but like, I guess yeah, I guess that was, I was great. And, and like, it's really cool because, like, I was fully prepared for Randy Orton to win the title. Mm-hmm. But um, he didn't, and and a lot of people complained about the finish of this. Why Randy Orton ducks the claim more. Goes for an RKO and then Drew wins with a backslide pin, and it's like I I'm it. completely fine with that. Yeah, I thought it was great. When was the last time we saw a backslide pin for the win? Yeah, especially for a WWE Championship. Exactly, it's one of those things where now, I, me and you always say this on the podcast where there's a pin, a really cool pin that me and you put over. We love it, and then it gets done multiple times. So I'm hoping that we do not see the backslide pin done for the, for the next few months, you know? I mean, well, uh, uh, in that sort of fa- fashion. In that sort of fashion. But I just don't want to see somebody pick up the pinfall victory with that. It's kind of like I think it was Andrade and someone else where they had a unique pin. after a re- I think it was a reversal, reversal, reversal that went into the actual pin. And me and you marked for it because it never works that way. But then they kept on repeating it. So I'm hoping that this is just a one-and-done thing. Um, Randy Orton had his classic pyro, which I don't know when the last time we saw that was. I loved it. So that was cool. But but the fact that I was fully prepared for Randy Orton to win this and uh, actually have Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Randy Orton completely elevates the WWE Championship and his reign. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. Uh, main event of the evening saw The Fiend defeat Braun Strowman to become the new Universal Champion. False Count Anywhere match. Um, I don't know why. They went into gorilla position and there was like there was nothing there. There yeah, were no it, tables. There were no people there even. It was weird. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, Braun Strowman was booed here. The Fiend was cheered. And if there was, I enjoyed most of this match, but if there was going to be a match that I did not, um, that I wouldn't have wanted to have seen on this card, it would have been this. Okay. I don't know if this is the end of The Fiend and Braun Strowman, but I hope it is. It's just Mm -hmm. to me, like, I mean, you even, I think, texted me saying it was a weird finish. Yeah, the finish, something about it lagged for me. It was a big lag. but And actually, know. I mean, I forgot. We already know that this isn't the end of this because we have, I completely almost forgot, the, the afterwards, the, the biggest thing of the week, mm-hmm. wreck everyone in podcasts, Roman Reigns returns and spears the hell out of the Fiend. 
attacks Braun Strowman and holds up the Universal Championship. Mm-hmm. I, I that is like the only thing. It's like you you'll never see it coming. That was what I did not expect to see coming. <laughs> Waiting the whole night for retribution didn't happen. Roman Reigns shows up in a t-shirt, wreck everyone, and leave all black. Is he part of Retribution? Probably not. Maybe he is. I don't know. I don't know, but I was not expecting him, especially with his reasoning for staying home. Yeah. But but then again, like, I mean, the kid right now, his his twins are probably five or six months years old already. mm Mm-hmm. So maybe he found, finds that, that it's like a lot easier to 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 leave now i don't know i mean i was always under the i'm sure his health was no. the primary factor nope it was always his kids brand new kids huh yeah he well, shut that rumor down a long time ago oh i didn't i didn't see that but that was SummerSlam. But, overall i really enjoyed saturday i really enjoyed sunday yeah, it was a nice weekend. Monday, not but, so much. <laughs> hey, but talking about Monday, let's get on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which opens with Drew McIntyre speaking about Randy Orton. Calls Randy Orton out. Segment looks like it's over. Randy Orton's not coming out. Attacks Drew McIntyre from behind on the entranceway. They fight into Gorilla. Orton hits, uh, well, mm, Orton simulates two punts. (laughs) Neither of them looked like they came anywhere close to connecting. Even when they did the replay and it was like a different angle, it's just like, I I don't know how, like, how many punts has he done in his career for those two to not look like anything good? I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. I just didn't get it. But uh, after that, we saw Nia Jax backstage asking, uh, being asked what she was doing there because she was still suspended. And she said she was reinstated because she apologized to Pat Buck. And then Shayna Baszler welcomes her back. Well, first she insinuated some stuff, you know? Yeah, that was very weird. It was like, yeah, she insinuated. It was almost as if she... As if she did sexual favors for Pat Buck. Yeah, I... That was the weirdest thing ever. And then she goes, apologize. What were you thinking? Get your mind out of the gutter. And I was like, well, I mean, hello. You're kind of like building it up like that. Yeah. That was very bizarre. But Shayna Baszler shows up. And they do some schoolgirl name calling. It was a, In 2020, did you ever expect to hear somebody be called Haystacks Calhoun? Mm-hmm. Yes, you expected that? <laughs> no, no, not at all, but it was definitely weird. <laughs> so Shayna Baszler calls her Haystacks, and then uh, Nia Jax, I think, called her an Adams Family uh, member reject. Mm-hmm. Leads into Shayna Baszler picking up the victory over... Oh, don't... She slapped her really hard, too. Okay, yeah. Yeah, forgot about that part. <laughs> and she walked off. No retaliation for that, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah well, surprising. I mean, then, at least... Mm-hmm. But Baszler picks up the victory over Bailey. Disqualification came when Nia Jax, um, she was out there before the match. And then during the match, she caused the disqualification. They brawl a bit and then stopped when they realized that Bailey and Sasha Banks were just looking on. 
And that's where the trouble happened for Boston Hug Connection. They Yeah, they teased going after the Golden Role Models. And uh, later on, Nia Jax proposed them teaming up to take the titles uh, from them at Payback. And Baszler accepted it. I think that was I mean, when she this, slapped her. This duo. Wasn't that? Was she, did she slap her twice? I think that was the slap. Oh, no, she slapped her once. Yeah, I thought so it was that was before. the slap then, I believe. But even still, I mean, hey, I this is not a pairing that I thought that I would ever have, but I think it's pretty cool. I'm iffy on it, but I'm still because I'm so high on the the golden role models. I'm, okay, but, I'm like fine but if with it's it. but even still, you have these other two people with nothing to do with them, though. Well, yes, but I don't want them to win. Strange I bedfellows. Know. I don't want them to win the titles. Ah, uh, damn it! You know they are. That so. every every single person that has ever <laughs> been strange bedfellows matchups <laughs> have always won the championships when they do it. Who was it? Goldust and Booker T. Uh, well, he was kind of courting what, Booker T. I believe, but like is the, it that the when one it started. No, I, I'm not talking about like a necessarily like a strange bedfellows match because that's not what that was. But like one that sticks out in my mind would be John Cena and and Shawn Michaels. Probably, I mean John Cena and somebody else too. I believe Wade Barrett. Maybe did he win the titles with him? But uh, after that, we saw the Kevin Owens show with Alistair Black, who made his return. wasn't the uh, wasn't in the the triple threat match. In NXT, he didn't go on to the TakeOver ladder match. But uh, Aleister Black randomly attacked Kevin Owens here. Yeah. I, it's kind of like it fell short. It came out of nowhere. It just fell short for me as like a heel turn. I mean, just to backtrack, one of the bigger strange bedfellows pairing. What about Team Hell No? Yeah, you know? that was fun. Oh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that was kind of like them kind of like coercing each other into getting into be- being champions. I, I want to look up what the other matches were because it, it I feel like Goldust wasn't one of them. But um, all right. But yeah, uh, we had this match to me was almost pointless. Akira Tozawa defeats Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, and our truth to become the new twenty four seven champion. Well, I mean, I, it made sense because Tezawa, they wanted Tezawa to yeah, win the champion. Yeah, I just. But also, I mean, also, I think it was to play off of Cedric Alexander losing. Yeah. You know, because that that plays into MVP like coercing yeah, yeah, Cedric. Yeah. It just, I, I don't know. It just. I don't know. I wasn't there for it. There, it was a short match. It was there. Nothing happened really. Agreed. I. After yeah. this, though, we saw Randy Orton come out and say the reason why he attacked Drew McIntyre was because McIntyre challenged him out of pity for for a rematch for the championship at Payback. Keith Lee shows up and challenges Randy Orton. Orton ducked out of the ring and said, "Maybe later." Uh, Keith, thoughts on Keith Lee's new theme? 
here's the thing. I think, or I hope, that maybe he has a new theme song with lyrics, different lyrics, that just wasn't ready yet. Hmm. I I would hope for him. I just, I'm... It the, the other theme song made so much sense. The fans always sang along to the Bask in the Glory. Yeah. The intro is the same, but then it just goes into the most generic track of all time. So I really do <laughs> hope that it goes... There's a, like a new rap verse coming for his theme song. Hmm. I just, I hope so. And then I, I, I still have no idea. I, I think he was wearing a skirt. I don't they know what the hell have, is going on. I, I, don't, I don't know what they, that was. I believe they do have that on um, Shop Zone. The skirt? Yeah. No. Yeah. None of that. They, they have his shorts on there. Shorts are not a skirt. It's his shorts, but it's it wasn't a skirt. It was it was black shorts, but the curvature of the uh, inside is just tough to tell because it was black. There are no Keith Lee shorts on WWE Shop. First of all, I thought I. I, I so someone posted it. No, I I don't see any Keith Lee shorts, but I that I don't know. To me, they, it looked like a skirt, and I was confused by it. And he's all of a sudden clean shaven, and he's wearing a, a gimmick on the, the on his torso. I I don't understand. But uh, after that segment, we saw Charlie Caruso meet up with Angel Garza, Selena Vega, and Demi. I forget her last name. Burnett, Levada. maybe? No, I think it's Bar- Barnett or something. From The Bachelor. I still have absolutely no idea why she's there. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, like, absolutely puzzled by this by this woman. Yeah, she, why I, is the woman from The Bachelor? I, I don't she, even think she won. I don't know what, what if she's on a current season or what. I have no idea. Does that show air on USA else? Network? That's why I have no idea. I don't know. It makes no sense. It has to be dating someone. But um, so so Charlie Caruso asked about the poisoning of Montez Ford, and I popped big time here because Angel Garza said something about Zelina Vega being caught, and like <laughs> we all make mistakes or whatever. And I thought it was so funny because like, instead of denying that she did it, he's like, "Oh yeah, she got caught." But yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. And I liked her reaction of still denying it. Yeah, and it, and it leads into uh, a match that Angel Garza has losing effort against Montez Ford. Ivar came out during this and gave Demi a turkey leg and walked out with her. So he is the uh, the ladies' man there still. Yeah, um, that's for sure. Uh, next up, you had... What was next up? Bianca Belair. Yeah, Bianca Belair in the... Uh, yeah, in the right, right squad, squad. Picked up the victory over the Iconics is Lena Vega. I didn't like this match. I think it was lacking. I agree with you. It kind I of think... fell short for me. And you didn't have that Riot Squad breakdown. I think it might be because they combined two different feuds for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there really was no reason. All it was was Riot Squad was walking backstage and Bianca kind of walked right into yeah, them. It was just it... like... 
Yeah, and B- Bel Air has been feuding with Zelina Vega, and the Iconics have been feuding with the Riot Squad. So it's like, hey, let's just put these together to get all six of them on TV, which I could appreciate that, but it's just, it just, it wasn't there for me. Yeah. After that, we saw Cedric Alexander and Ricochet backstage arm wrestling. Mark Henry came and took the podium. And MVP, like you had said, came up to kind of yell at, at Cedric for not going after Tozawa, not trying to win back the, the 24-7 championship. And it was pretty cool. Like I liked how he was standing up to Ricochet, too. Ricochet was trying to chime in, and he just kept on belittling Ricochet and really focusing all of his time on Cedric. Yeah, really stirring the pot between the two of them. And Cedric was really having it, you know? He was listening to MVP, it looked like. Um, but after that, um, like, you have NXT TakeOver, fantastic show. You have SummerSlam, great show. And then you see around 1 p.m. or so on Monday, hey, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Henry will be hosting an arm wrestling contest on Monday Night <laughs> Raw. And it's just like, Why? Yeah. They, uh, somebody, I said, I tweeted out, I was like, has has any of these arm wrestling contests ever been entertaining? No. Somebody tweeted us and said the the one with Mr. America and Vince McMahon, and I'll definitely give them that for, for Vince McMahon's facials during that. But overall, no. Didn't I feel like we just saw Bobby Lashley in January with Rusev doing this. Actually, I think... One of my favorite ones was with Mark Henry and someone else. But, of course, it just became Mark Henry just squashing them. I just, it's like, what's next, a pose down? Well, you heard it here uh, first, (laughs) folks, you know. Apollo Crews picks up the victory over Bobby Lashley. Lashley goes to attack Apollo Crews afterwards. Crews takes him out. Takes out uh, Shelton Benjamin. MVP. They ended up coming out afterwards. So, yeah, but, um, we had a segment that, uh, yeah, was really, I really didn't really want to talk good. about this one. <laughs> not good at all. Lana and Natty inducted quote unquote, Mickey James into the WWE hall of fame. And they, they wanted to show a tribute video, a highlight package. It was just nothing. Mickey James came out and attacked both of them. She just returns to the WWE. After like a year and a half of being out, last week wasn't good. Two weeks ago wasn't good. Last week wasn't good. This week, like what was that? I, I this, I, this wasn't even enough time for me to say it was a worse segment than Bailey. This is your life. Mm-hmm. But it was no, no, no. Was, nothing's as bad as that. That was awful. <laughs> Come on. But but again, it's like if this kept going longer, it like that's on par. It just doesn't make sense. It just wasn't good. I'm fine. I'm all for Natty and Lana teaming up and doing what they're doing. But it just, I don't, why is Mickey James always the butt of a joke there? That's very true. She always is on the, on that joke edge. I don't know. But next up you had Raw Underground. Yeah, um, I mean, before it started, we saw the Hurt Business finally uh, showing up again, wanting in. We got no explanation for the last time they were there. 
But uh, they, they end up showing up. Lashley chokes out Liam Gray. Ziggler steps up to face him. And Lashley eventually pounces him out of the ring, I guess, to either a no was, contest or It was or interesting victory. to see Ziggler versus Lashley. Yeah. Z- Z- Ziggler hit a nice, nice high single, but it didn't really go anywhere. Is a, is a high single an amateur wrestling move? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> um, that's the mat. That's like a single leg takedown. Oh, okay. Right? So Ziggler, when he first went in on Lashley, he got high up in the crotch. So it's just going right up in there. But uh, and then really... later later on, we saw Lashley take out Cedric. Mm-hmm. Ivar and Eric jump in, and they get got. It's the it's the war war raiders war machine. What is the Viking raiders? Not anymore. What? Why? <laughs> why? Especially on Raw Underground. Why? <laughs> I know. After that, we saw Randy Orton defeat Keith Lee via disqualification. It's like every match was. Um, it was like Interruption City this week. I I was actually still a fan of what we got to see of Lee and Orton. Yeah, but the fact I mean McIntyre comes out and attacks Randy Orton. Orton mm-hmm. runs off. And I really, I just, I don't know. I didn't think the, the match was working prior to, to Drew McIntyre coming out there. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted more. I, I Maybe I was like, it was still maybe in my head, like I was hung up maybe about his theme and the skirt or whatever it was that he was wearing. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. But I, I, I mean, why, of course, I change, want... I just don't understand why change something that was working. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I definitely wanted to see more uh, from their match. But I mean, we'll see it at the pay per view. It's kind of like a law. You can't have Randy Orton lose, right? And I, I, I wasn't expecting Randy Orton to lose there. But you can't. And have I wasn't Keith. expecting Keith Lee to lose either. But the fact that I just it, it wasn't like meshing well to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, again, maybe it was just in my head where like I was still hung up with the other stuff. Yeah. Um. But after that, we saw McIntyre backstage. And he's like, I don't need Keith to fight my battles. And then Randy Orton attacks him from behind, hits one more punt. And then later on, Charlie Caruso gave us the update that Drew McIntyre might have a skull fracture. He was taken away in an ambulance. It didn't back up this time. There was no red smoke. Uh, they took him away in the ambulance <laughs> after an entire match. Well, but that's again, he could have still been like being looked at by their doctors. God. Come on! Well, how she you, even how said, she even said that they're trying to get it to the hot the ambulance is getting to them <laughs> to the hospital as quickly as possible or whatever they're moving so fast. But the Keith Lee Orton segment, I mean, and all of and then they they had the match. The I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, because he got punted again after that. Yeah, but then it went into the Oscar match, and then it was after that that they transported him. Yeah, and Keith Lee said that he'll be okay, and then threatened Randy Orton. So yeah. we're gonna see some payback there for sure. But next up, you had Oscar pick up the big uh, the, <laughs> the victory, victory. <laughs> the victory over uh, Sasha Banks to retain in a lumberjack match or uh, lumberjill uh, match. No, it was lumberjack. We've come a long way. 
lumberjack. This <laughs> this match and the main event, I for me were like the only two things that I really grasped onto. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and it was I, I liked this. Banks so takes out the riot squad by mistake. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Oscar went out after Bailey, but she puts Natty in front of her. She puts Lana, the Iconics, all in front uh, of her, and Banks put <laughs> Banks stopped Oscar from that. What I thought was stupid was Nat Natalia getting thrown, getting pushed down. Why? I don't know because just the other day we're uh, touting her as the winningest uh, female on in WWE. And then a shove, a small. It wasn't even. A sh- I think it was one one handed. But then again, but it's push. still. It's still like she's a lumberjack where it's like you're supposed to get involved, but she wasn't actually just going to get involved. She wasn't going to get up and start beating her up. Uh, but I don't know. after that, Sasha Banks hits a frog splash. Legit thought Sasha Banks was about to win the title back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey went to toss in a chair. Shayna Baszler stops it, and then Sasha taps to the Oscar lock. Yeah. Basically setting up Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus the Golden Roll Models for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At Payback, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with that match. It's just like a weird pairing to me that I'll it eventually will grow on me. Yeah, and I have probably, a feeling it will. They have to. They have to win. Yeah, yeah, and I like I like Shayna Baszler, so I'm gonna have absolutely no problem as with if she's champion. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the main event, I WWE.com says it was a DQ. I thought it would have been a, a no contest, um, but I guess because of what happened, it was a, D, a DQ. So. Dominic and Rey Mysterio pick up a victory over Seth Rollins and and Buddy Murphy. They brawled before the match. I liked the match itself. I liked that we got to see more of Dominic. We got to see an, uh, another double 619 from them. We got to see Ray and Dominic finally tag together, which is something that we've been talking about for a very long time. Yeah, and then you wait for it. SummerSlam, nothing happens. You wait for it the whole night on Monday night. Nothing happens. The end of Monday Night Raw during this main event, Retribution shows up and takes out only Rey Mysterio and Dominic. And Seth well, Rollins and Buddy Murphy just stood there watching. I mean, they did opt out of it. They could have. I'm sure Rollins would have gotten an attack too, but they opted to just stand by. Sierra Hotel India Echo Lima Delta Shield? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. With, I mean, with the exception of uh, Mr. Moxley, Dean Ambrose, mm-hmm. could Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns be leading two different no. brands? I don't think I so. I don't know, man. That, that, that wouldn't make sense for Rollins right now. Of and course it wouldn't, but hello, like he, he didn't get got. We got the Miz in there. He didn't get got, though. And Roman Reigns shows up at at SummerSlam. You're expecting retribution. And he takes somebody out. He shows up. He takes it out. Wreck everyone and leave. <laughs> no, I'm not falling for that. I, 
Uh-uh. Uh, do you actually buy I that? I don't. No, I don't. I don't think that. But it's like, okay. you could seriously paint a picture where that's a thing. Can you? I think so, yes. I don't know. I... They show up after the whole night and they don't take... They've been taking everybody out. They just show up randomly for Rey Mysterio and Dominic, of all the people? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not going with it. <laughs> Moving right, over so to yeah. NXT, we have... Um, it, it opened up right away with Karrion Cross and Scarlet, And Karrion Cross spoke about his shoulder injury. And then relinquished the NXT championship. Which sucks. Yeah. Totally sucks. It's the the sixth time in NXT history that a championship has been vacated. Only the second time for the NXT championship. The other one was Tommaso Ciampa. Due to injury? Yeah. Or... Uh, Well, okay, well... um, Like, how many... Because I'm sure Paige is included in that. Like, how many due to injury? Well, Ciampa. Okay. Uh... Carrying Cross. Oh, uh, Andrade? No. Or no, he lost to Mac. No. The other the other giveaways, you had the, the Viking Raiders, you had Asuka. That's four. Mm-hmm. Uh, who were the other ones? I don't know. We'll come back to it. Oh, five was Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. And then there's one more, but I don't, uh... Yeah. We'll come back to it, but oh, then it would have yeah, it would have been Paige. Yeah, so only only two. Well, there you go. Uh, yes, so it sucks that he has to drop the title, but hopefully, there's no hopefully there's no tears. If there's a tear, he's going to be out for a few months. Well, nope. if he's given up the title, he has to be out for such an extended period of time. That's the thing, I. Unless nope. unless it's a quick heal and holy hell, he's part of retribution or something. I don't know. I don't know. Unfortunately up... Yeah, unfortunately it's probably I feel like he did tear something by the looks of it. Yeah. It, it was dangling almost, it seemed. You know, it could be a rotator cuff or something like that, but Something yeah. something that was cool on NXT that we definitely welcome back into our lives. Wade Barrett was on commentary, which was really awesome. Um, again, I, I think I said it before, maybe Nigel McGuinness is going to be in the UK doing commentary for NXT. Mm-hmm. Because that's where he's been. That's why he hasn't been on NXT here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool that he was on commentary. It was cool that he returned. We last saw him in the NWA doing commentary. That's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah. Uh, The first match of the evening was for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Kind of wasn't expecting this, but I, like, I'm absolutely... Yeah, 100%. Brizongo defeated Imperium to become the new champions. And it's like, it's so crazy because Tyler Breeze debuted in... Really, ultimately, Tyler Breeze, Breeze debuted in, like, 2013. Fandango debuted in 2013. However, prior to that, he was Johnny Curtis in, like, 2010. Mm-hmm. When he won the, the fourth season of NXT. But this 
let's let's point at 2013. This was the first title for both of them in their whole WWE careers. That is insane. It's like I don't know how he wasn't a former Intercontinental Champion in uh, Fandango. I don't know how Tyler Breeze never won the NXT Championship. And they should have been tag team champions as well, but that's yeah. not that was never on the table. But I, I liked I liked this match. It was fun. I liked when uh, Tyler Breeze hit the beauty mark. Um, when Marcel Bartel was coming off of the top rope, mm-hmm. and then I also I liked when Imperium went for the the drop kick and the drive by, and Fandango moved out of the way. So Mar- Marcel Bartel hits Fabian Eichner. Mm-hmm. And then Fandango hits the the last dance on both of them to win, which was cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was a good opener. I'm very happy to see them winning the yeah, championship. It's, like, it's so crazy that it's it still it really is so crazy that that's their first title. I agree. It and really I'm is. and I'm I'm like elated. Is that is that a correct word? Probably. I'm so happy yeah, why for not? both of them. Of like course. it's like to the point where it's just like. Like, there's so much emotion built up there that it's like, I'm so happy that they're both champion. Yeah. Well, next up, you had uh, Jake Atlas hit the ring for his next well, matchup. Well, first, you had and... Damian Priest interviewed backstage, oh. and Timothy Thatcher cut it off and challenged him to a title match, so I'm, I'm assuming we're going to get that. Yeah. But, yeah. And then Jake Atlas was in the ring, and Tommaso Ciampa makes his return to pick up the victory over him. Uh, cool new mask. Yeah, the mask, the but headbutt. Jake Atlas got nothing in. No, the kicks. He was kicking him brutally. Um, and then after the match, he just continued to beat him down and beat him down. And this was such a huge statement from Champa. Yeah, he hit that the catapult under the ring. He mm-hmm. DDT'd him off the stretcher. So it was... Uh, it's definitely like he's here to to mess things up. Mm-hmm. After that, we saw a promo air from Candice LeRae about being friends with Tegan Knox, and she kind of hinted she was like Tegan can also be on the same path as me. Kind of hinting at like, hey, like, come on, you want to win? Come, come this way. Yeah, join us. So that should be interesting. I don't know if we'll see Tegan do that, per se. I don't think so either. I don't think so. But Um, next... But yeah, after that, we saw Bronson Reed interviewed about Timothy Thatcher demanding a title shot. And Bronson's like, I've actually defeated Damian Priest, so I should be up next. And Austin Theory appears. Makes his return. Cuts off Bronson Reed to give him some advice, which ends with him getting slapped. Yeah. So that was interesting. After that, we saw Shotzi Blackheart defeat Mia Yim, which was an unexpected match and an unexpected victory. It was originally, I believe, scheduled for Mia Yim versus Mercedes Martinez, but Robert Mm -hmm. Stone came out beforehand and uh, spoke about how, like, of, like, why would you ever think this this was going to be the match? And then Shotzi Blackheart came out and ran him over with the tank again, which I thought was funny. Out of nowhere, too. Like, that, like, 
I can't get over enough how I do love the aspect that we don't have a live crowd yeah. spoiling when someone comes out. I mean, look at Roman Reigns on SummerSlam. Yeah. We weren't we had no clue until the move was hit that somebody else was actually at ringside. We, um, we didn't even and, actually talk. Well, I'll talk afterwards about it, but yeah, yeah. But this, but this, where I love that he ran her over, especially uh, she, she ran him over because I think she tweeted out, or some. I think she tweeted out. It's been this long since. Uh, well, no, I, he tweeted it out. Yeah, something like that, and right? Then, like, yeah, he tweeted out. It's been this. It's been like sixty-seven days or whatever since I got ran over by a tank. Yeah, and then she like responded like that they may have to change that or something. So, but I'm happy to see this. And this was a good match between her and Mia Yim. Yeah, it was. I liked that it was friendly competition. Yeah, and I definitely wasn't expecting Shotzi to win this at all. So it was cool. Not at all. I was not expecting that. But Shotzi Blackheart picks up the victory. Earlier in the night, they showed William Regal in a meeting with Triple H. Shawn Michaels, and I really feel weird calling him this, but Matt Bloom is the name they used. No, no, it was Albert. Coach Bloom. Uh, And they were discussing what to do about the NXT Championship. William Regal makes an announcement, a huge announcement. Next week will be Tuesday night NXT. I guess they're preempted because of hockey, I believe. Oh. Yeah. Um, But he also announced for the first time ever a fatal four-way 60-minute Ironman match between former champions. The first name he goes to say, he, he goes, the first. And I was like, no way. <laughs> I thought he was going to say Seth Rollins right then and there. I know. I <laughs> Once he said, like, some of the best of all time and stuff, I'm like, <laughs> who are they bringing back into this? I legit thought, the first. I was like, no freaking way. But he goes, first Grand Slam champion, Johnny Gargano. I already thought it was going to be Gargano, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, and Champa, mm-hmm. and that's who the four members are. I think it would have been super cool if Bo Dallas got here in this match. That would have been interesting. It, like that, like like Finn He's Balor still, was he released. No, he wasn't. Curtis Axel was. He was not released. Oh. Finn Balor gives it a throwback feeling because it was like he was champion five years ago, but Bo Dallas was champion in 2013. Yeah. So it's like so many years have gone by since we've seen Bo in NXT. And even more so, we have not seen Bo on television in a, a long time. So I thought it would have been cool to like just give like a, a fresh breath to blow into mm-hmm. that match, I thought it would have been cool, but I'm like pumped that that this match is taking place. I think that's oh, yeah. gonna be cool. I think it's gonna be a it's, lot of fun next week. It's something I've always played in video games, and I don't think we've never seen that ever. I don't think on television. Uh, what Iron Man? A multi man, like a Fatal Four Way or a Triple Threat, even. Hmm, that I'm not too sure. But, uh, yeah, after this, for the Cruiserweight Championship, Santos Escobar defeat, uh, defeated Isaiah Swerve Scott to retain. Uh, I liked, see, this is where it comes into play where you're like, I hope we don't see a backslide pin again. Okay. Because this one was really cool where Swerve had a, a gory special on, on Escobar and then mm-hmm. turns it into like a one-shouldered backslide pin yeah and then i thought that was really cool 
But uh, Legato Del Fantasma got involved and Brizongo took them out. And then uh, Santos Escobar goes under the ring, takes out a lucha mask, puts it on and headbutts Isaiah Scott. So and knocks him knocks him out. So we have to assume there was something inside that mask. Which we've never seen before is somebody utilizing a lucha mask with potentially a metallic piece at the forehead. Metallic? I don't know, a metal piece. Yeah, metal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but <laughs> but uh, they're gonna they have a six man street fight next week. Should be fun. That's for sure. After uh, this, we saw Kyle O'Reilly. Def- well, actually, before that, even some promos. Yeah, they had a bunch of promos. Johnny Gargano spoke about fixing NXT and ruling over it, um, and winning the match next week. Finn Balor had hit a promo uh, as did Adam Cole. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I think that was one of the best promos from Johnny Gargano that we've ever seen. Yeah, I really like like, something that I I don't think we've ever seen a promo from him like that. I like Balor's too. Yeah. I mean, Adam Coles was good too. He's got the longest reigning NXT champion. mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah, so Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly defeats Drake Maverick. This match came about because Drake Maverick, Undisputed Era attacked them. A few weeks ago, attacked him. Um, but that was when they were heels. <laughs> <laughs> but Drake Maverick challenged any member of the Undisputed Era to a match, and Kyle steps up. And it was a decent match. It ends with a submission. Afterwards, though, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong attacked Drake. Kyle O'Reilly didn't want to. So that was very interesting. Yeah, I don't know um, if those are like seeds to like. There are so many seeds where it's like if Johnny Gargano wins the the NXT Championship, it's like yes, he's Mister NXT. Champa never lost the title. He had another shot for the title, but he didn't lose it. So if he wins, there's a story there. If Adam Cole mm-hmm. wins, it's yes, I'm Adam Cole. I'm the champion. I wanna. I'm. Mr. Uh, the longest reigning champion. Yeah. That could then plant seeds where it's like Kyle O'Reilly doesn't like the fact that Fish and Strong are attacking Drake Maverick after the match. Adam Cole could that's like an instant back back to being heel again. I I where where they like it and and Kyle O'Reilly's like no, I'm good and splits apart. I was thinking about it the other day how much I love the match of O'Reilly versus Cole. Yeah. You know, like their match, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, when they faced off at Ring of Honor, I feel like that was their um Yeah, 100%. that was their whole that was like match. hello, we're we not, are good. We are yeah, great. Not, not, yeah, not homecoming, but O'Reilly versus Cole in Ring of Honor, that match where they both were bloodied up that was their like, hey, this is we're new to pro wrestling, but we, you're going to be seeing a lot of us. And to see them go at it again in WWE, well, for the first time, I think, in WWE, would be incredible. And then, of course, if Finn Balor wins, it would be like the 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 prince is back on top. Yeah, it, it's a new era. It was 2015, like I said earlier. And then, like, there's, there's the thought of, Finn Balor ruling over NXT as the champion until Karrion Cross gets back, and then it's like there's a takeover. 
You have Karrion Cross versus the demon Finn Balor. Thoughts, perhaps? And it's mm-hmm. like, damn. So I don't know who's going to win the championship next week. Part of me hopes that it's going to be Finn Balor. Balor. Just to, just to give a fresh breath there because it's been five years. You know what? I'm going to – I hope it's Balor as well because think about – like out of everybody, he really does need something fresh. Yeah. You know, and especially if, if Walter is not uh, engaged right now, if he's overseas, stuck overseas, we need Balor in something now. Correct, yeah. But this segment still, uh, to continue it, uh, Killian Dane made the save at first, and Ma- Drake Maverick thanked him, and then Killian Dane attacked him as well. Who did? Oh, Robert Stone, I think. I forget. Yeah. Stone. I was trying to think who Dane attacked most recently. Yeah. Um, um. But then, like earlier in the night, we saw Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez interviewed, and uh, Dakota said that Rhea Ripley should have minded her own business at Takeover, and put her and Raquel over as an actual team, and said that Rhea Ripley and EO don't even get along. Mm-hmm. Rhea had a rebuttal later on, but it leads to the match, and. Dakota Kai might have been right. Her and and Raquel Gonzalez pick up the victory over Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Well, it wasn't due to lack of. Well, yes, that's for sure. It was. Not I mean, lack of friendship or anything there. It was. Yeah. Yes, they, Mercedes Martinez came out, rips uh, Rhea Ripley off the apron, and uh, and then that's when, for some reason, Rhea Ripley tagged herself in, even though she wasn't good to go, and that led to the end of the match. But I really like this tagging. Yeah. What I liked about it was that she stumbled. She tripped up. Yeah, she up. stumbled. Yeah, she like tripped up in the ropes. And I like that small aspect of getting tripped up in the ropes leading to um, either a clothesline or a big boot. I forgot what she got caught with. It was and a big boot. Big boot, yeah. And then, and then Raquel Gonzalez took Ripley out. Yeah, the spike powerbomb. But I, I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed this episode of NXT. I'm pumped for next week. It sucks that it's going up against Impact because I've definitely been enjoying Impact. I I am totally excited for this. I am this entire this main event. I was looking forward to a lot. I was really I'm a I'm a big mark for EO. But same thing with everybody in this matchup. I really love watching and Gonzalez. I think has a really bright future. Yeah. Um, it was a good match. But, but that was NXT moving over to SmackDown. It opens up with Adam Pierce talking to security about Roman Reigns, The Fiend, Braun Strowman, as well as Retribution. He walks into Vince McMahon's office, which had a funny greeting moment with COVID, etc., where he went for a handshake. Vince is like, absolutely not. <laughs> not having any of it. He went for a fist bump, an elbow bump, absolutely nothing. Uh, he refused to do anything, which was funny and completely on character brand with Vince McMahon. Um, but he also put Adam Pierce in charge of getting the signatures from the Fiend, from Braun Strowman, and from Roman Reigns for their contract for their title match at Payback. And he gave Adam Pierce a special uniform that we did not uh, know what was uh, what was that about what that was about right off the bat but the the first segment 
out in the ring was Jeff Hardy. Speaking about defending the Intercontinental Championship, but he gets cut off by AJ Styles, who spoke about Jeff Hardy using the knee brace last week. And Jeff said that he was going to offer a a title shot to anybody out there except for AJ Styles. And AJ Styles went to attack Jeff Hardy, but Jeff decked him. And then Jeff Hardy had the open challenge match. He defeats Shinsuke Nakamura to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Um, Maybe it's because of the COVID roster, but I didn't get having the tag team champion face Jeff Hardy for the title, especially without Cesaro being there. But they showed a video of him backstage saying that he had stepped away for a, a moment. And when he got back, Nakamura was gone. And there was kind of, I guess, like disdain in Cesaro's voice. So I don't know if they're teasing a breakup or not between Cesaro and Nakamura. But as far as the match goes, uh, Jeff Hardy picks up the victory. At one point, he tosses Nakamura into AJ Styles. But the big moment of this was afterwards, Sami Zayn returned with the Intercontinental Championship, longer hair. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen him with hair like that. Uh, but they both stare down at AJ Styles and then Sami Zayn kicked Jeff Hardy in the face. Um, and then Kayla Braxton interviewed Sami Zayn about attacking Jeff Hardy backstage. And he spoke about AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy both being fraudulent intercontinental champions. So it's cool to have Sami Zayn back and... I, I mean, in his mind, be champion again. I don't know if they're going to eventually do a champion versus champion match to see who the true intercontinental champion is. Maybe that'll get added at, at payback. I'm not sure. But after that, we saw the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, Adam Pierce showed up as the postman. So that was the outfit that Vince McMahon gave Adam Pierce. Uh, and then Bray Wyatt signed the contract for The Fiend. Also, earlier, when Vince McMahon told him to go to the Firefly Funhouse, he was like, ah, oh, man, and say hello to Huskus. I'm a big fan of Huskus, which is, I thought was funny. Just like, I, just that interaction was funny. There was a lot of funny stuff on SmackDown tonight. Uh, after that, we saw Matt Riddle speaking about King Corbin's ransom on him. And he calls out King Corbin. Weird commercial break, but when they came back, Riddle said the same thing. Corbin came out and Shorty G attacks him from behind. And then Matt Riddle defeats Shorty G, which was a really quick match, which sucks because uh, I, I want to see a, a, a longer match between these two. I'm a big fan of Chad Gable. I know he could work so well with many different superstars if they were just giving him that opportunity. Um, but King Corbin went to attack Matt Riddle. Riddle got him and Corbin fled. Later on, Corbin said that he was uh, going to prove at payback that Matt Riddle doesn't belong in WWE. And he spoke about sending him back down to NXT or maybe even the UFC. So I can only assume Matt Riddle's going to win. But I would love to see Goldberg try to try to scoop up that ransom. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But after this, we saw Big E and Heavy Machinery backstage which gets cut off by the golden role models, just making fun of the three of them. And it leads into their segment out in the ring where Bailey said that she should have never let Sasha Banks defend the women's championship against Asuka at SummerSlam. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler cut this off via the Titan Tron. 
And Sasha Banks basically just reassures Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax that she'll be walking out of payback with the title in her hand. Um, and it's always fun to see the golden role models. I can't say that enough. Afterwards, Adam Pierce, big uh, SmackDown heavy scrap daddy Adam Pierce segment uh, throughout the throughout the night. He was looking for Braun Strowman and Drew Gulak uh, ends up seeing him and smacks him over the back with a steel chair has zero effect on him. And he realizes that gives the chair to Adam Pierce and Pierce like "Uh, that was Drew Gulak. Just please sign it. (laughs) And Braun said he would sign it if he gets Gulak in the ring. So that was going to lead to a match there. Uh, backstage though, Cesaro and uh, Nakamura were talking and Cesaro's like, I need you in my corner against Kalisto. This gets cut off by Sami Zayn who tries to celebrate with them that they're all champion and they they seemed annoyed and wanted Sami Zayn to leave. So I guess they're not going to accept Sami Zayn into their, their group again. The group that Sami Zayn put together. <laughs> But the match afterwards was Braun Strowman defeating Drew Gulak. It's This was exactly how you thought it would be. And Braun Strowman signed the contract afterwards. We had a backstage segment with Lucha House Party. And Kalisto asked Lince to stay backstage. Cesaro and Nakamura attacked Grand Metallic and Lince Dorado when, when Kalisto went to the ring. This leads into Cesaro defeating Kalisto. Which, I'm always such a fan. I've said this so many times before that Cesaro can work well with so many different styles. I I just said that with Shorty G too, but it's true. And I think it's always enjoyable to see him face somebody against somebody like Kalisto. And uh, this match came to the end, the ending where Lucha House Party end up attacking Nakamura who tried to get involved distracts Kalisto a little bit and Cesaro took that quick roll up to win and afterwards Kalisto got into Lince's face and they hugged it out but it's very clear that there's going to be some sort of breakup here and man for a long time Dave and I for for a very long time have preached singles championship gold for Kalisto and uh I don't know when the WWE draft is, but maybe we can get Kalisto and Rey Mysterio finally on a show together. Kalisto can be a heel and Rey Mysterio can be the face and they could finally wrestle. That's something like, please, can we just see that one time? Uh, But after that, we saw Adam Pearce. uh, With Vince McMahon saying that he had two of the three signatures because Roman won't answer the door. And Vince told him that he better knock the door down and get that signature. Another backstage segment, we saw Tamina, who's apparently face now, with Nikki Cross. Alexa Bliss comes in, hugs both of them, and she had one single dreadlock in her hair. And uh, and Nikki Cross questioned it and said it reminds her of The Fiend. And Alexa Bliss got pissed off and smashed Nikki's mug. Um, So I don't know what we're going to see there with Alexa Bliss. If she's going to be possessed by the Fiend, perhaps. I don't know. 
But the main event of the evening saw Big E and Heavy Machinery defeat Sheamus, John Morrison, and The Miz. Sheamus, during the match, rang the bell when Tucker was pinning John Morrison, which distracted the referee. But that, that wasn't the end of the match. John Morrison accidentally bumps Sheamus off the apron. Sheamus flips out, goes to leave. Miz tries to stop him. Sheamus, I, I, I don't know if he went to deck him or not, but Sheamus got pissed. He was furious. Miz ran away from Sheamus, which I thought was funny. And I liked this match, and I liked the comedic aspects of it. So, it was a good match. And the, the closing finale of SmackDown... Thought maybe it would be retribution, but here it is, Adam Pierce going into Roman Reigns' locker room to get his signature for that match for payback. And he goes in, Roman Reigns, I guess, needs to look over the contract, make sure there's no uh, page 17, <laughs> like uh, John Moxley added to his contract against MJF. But... Roman Reigns is giving this little little speech to Adam Pierce about the match, and it pans over. I thought for sure it was going to be Vince McMahon there. It pans over, and it's Paul Heyman. So it seems as though Paul Heyman will be working with Roman Reigns, and maybe Roman Reigns is now a Paul Heyman guy. And for me, that was a huge, like, you'll never see it coming to tie that into SummerSlam moment. I was not expecting that at all. And um, I definitely popped at that. But that's SmackDown moving over to WWE Payback. Just going to give my predictions. Uh, coming at you live from the Thunderdome in Orlando, Florida, the Amway Center. Uh, singles match, Matt, Matt Riddle versus King Corbin. I'm going with Matt Riddle. We have a tag team match between Dominic... Mysterio and Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. I have a hard time believing that it won't be Dominic and Rey Mysterio to, to win. Uh, Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. I would... It sucks because they, they just had their match on Monday Night Raw and in like a no DQ or, or not a no DQ and in a DQ. But I would kind of rather see this match end with a DQ if Keith Lee is going to be losing. But I'm going to pick Keith Lee to hopefully win this. Uh, we have a match for the WWE United States Championship. Apollo Crews is defending it against Bobby Lashley. I think it only makes sense that Apollo Crews is going to lose the championship. Um, I'm going to go with Bobby Lashley here. I do hope that Apollo Crews retains, but I, I just I don't see that happening. Uh, for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, we have Bayley and Sasha Banks, the champions, defending it against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. I really, 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 really don't want to see Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax win the Tag Team Championships. It, it seems like that's what's going to happen. I'm going to pick Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. It just sucks because it's been the summer of Bayley and Sasha. So... I uh, want the golden role models to retain, but at least Bailey would still be SmackDown Women's Champion. And then a no-holds-barred triple threat match for the WWE Universal Championship. You have The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, uh, defending the title against Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. I'm picking 
Braun Strowman here. I didn't mean to say Braun Strowman. I'm picking Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns, 100%. I'm picking. Wreck everyone and leave. And then maybe he'll be revealed as the, the, the leader of Retribution. Maybe not, but who knows. That was WWE Payback Predictions. Moving over to Impact Wrestling. Eddie Edwards defended the Impact Championship and retained it against Rob Van Dam. Wasn't a fan of this match at all. It's I just Eddie Edwards is good, but Rob Van Dam, man, I just I don't know what it is with 2020 Rob Van Dam. For me, it's just not there. But after the match, Eric Young jumped Eddie Edwards and said next week. Um, after that, all the Wrestle House stuff. Uh, they had a toga party. They were going around Fujiing people, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and it led to a match between Crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger where the loser had to dress like the winner next week. Uh, where Crazy Steve picked up the victory over Johnny Swinger in a blindfold match. Um, so yeah, next week, Johnny Swinger has to dress like Crazy Steve. Uh, I also popped at... Uh, Cody making a Family Matters reference with the, the Stefan and, and Steve Urkel transformation. Uh, Alicia also tried to stop Rosemary from leaving with Lawrence D because she knew that she's not into him and she's breaking Johnny Bravo's heart. And Bravo interrupted it, leads to a match. Lawrence D defeats Johnny Bravo. And afterwards, Rosemary tried to apologize and then... Bravo apologized because he has feelings for her and he was pretty sure she had feelings for him. And then Taya challenged Rosemary to a match next week with everything on the lining, including Johnny Bravo. Uh, after that, we saw Rhino cutting a promo challenging Reno Scum to a match saying he wants Heath for his partner. So he was big on hashtag Heath for impact. Uh, later on, Heath, uh, Heath asked people to use that hashtag again so he could be part of the match. Uh, so hopefully next week he is part of that match. Eddie Edwards ended up calling uh, Eric Young out. And he's like, I'm not waiting next week. I want the title match right now. Eric Young came out, said it is next week. And Edwards went after him and brawled. It was a good segment. Uh, the, the, the match next week should be really good if it actually does happen. After that, Rohit Raju was interviewed about turning on Chris Bay. And he spoke about how he never got any opportunities and he's going to give them to everyone. So it's interesting that he had to convince Chris Bay to add him as a benefactor to him. But... He turned on Chris Bay, won the title, and now he's dishing out opportunities everywhere. After this, we saw Madison Rain and the Rascals as uh, her co-host for Locker Room Talk. And Ace Austin and Madman Fulton were the guests. They ended up leaving after Madman Fulton got a little physical. And they have a match next week on Impact. Sammy Callahan cut a promo about Rob Van Dam screwing him out of the championship. And then challenge Rob Van Dam to meet him next week face-to-face. -face. So I assume they're going to have some sort of brawl or match or something. 
Uh, and after that, we saw EC3 have a promo speaking about winning the TNA Championship by defeating Kurt Angle. And he said, as, as long as it exists, he can't move on. He also put Moose over and said that he he's a great wrestler, but he hides behind a bunch of fake monikers and, and a fake title. So EC3, I can only assume, will end up uh, breaking the TNA Championship, perhaps. Uh, after that, Brian Myers picked up the victory over Willie Mack. Uh, I know Chris and I were, were looking forward to this match. I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Myers used the trunks to uh, pick pick up the victory over Willie Mack. I hope there are more matches between them in the future because this one wasn't uh, wasn't the longest of matches, but I enjoyed what there was. And then the the main event of Impact saw for the first time ever a thirty minute Iron Man match. Diana Perazzo retains the Impact Women's Championship, defeating Jordan Grace. Uh, this match was good. I, I liked. I, I'm not sure how it. Uh, if this was similar to their to their other pay per view match or not, because I wasn't able to see that at Slammiversary. But Jordan Grace has improved so much in her time with Impact, and Deanna Perazzo I think is just great in general. And I, I said this when she was fired from WWE or released. Huge loss for them. Huge gain for Impact. Uh, the, the match, it was about five minutes left in the match where uh, Jordan Grace choked Deanna Perazzo out to give the first fall. And then with a, with about three minutes left, Jordan Grace bodied the referee by mistake. Could have had another fall, but he was knocked out and Perazzo went and used the title to, to knock Jordan Grace out and tie up her fall. And then within five seconds left of the match, Deanna Perrazzo made Jordan Grace tap out with an armbar. So I am not sure that this is the last we'll see of them because of how it finished. But it should be interesting to see what happens next. Uh, I'm a big fan of Impact these days. So, which is just crazy to say. But moving over, we have... Two weeks worth of AEW to cover, starting with the AEW Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament, or tag Women's Tag Team Tournament Championship? I don't know. But in any case, the Nightmare Sisters had picked up the victory over Big and Lil Swole, uh, because Britt Baker showed up with a bullhorn, which I, I thought was stupid that they used that to distract B Big Swole with. And I thought it was obvious that the Nightmare Sisters were going over to the finals anyway. But to me, this just made Big Swole look stupid, and I was not a fan of that whatsoever. Uh, the next match, Diamante and Ivelisse picked up the victory over Anna Jay and Tay Conti, uh, which I also thought it was an obvious victory for Diamante and Ivelisse. But as far as every single match in this tournament, this was... Like, this could have been the main, the, the finals. This was the best match of the whole entire tournament. And I don't think you can, like, I don't think anybody can argue that. This match was the best match. So, and I, and I, I think I, I would have enjoyed having Anna Jay and Tay Conti go all the way to the finals more than I would have the, the Nightmare Sisters. 
But we take a pause from that. Move over to Saturday night's Dynamite that took place on the 22nd. Uh, FTR ends up defeating Private Party. Uh, for some reason, Tully Blanchard now managed uh, FTR without like... I-, I get that they had the segment the other week, but it didn't seem like there was enough setup for Tully Blanchard to just randomly be there with them. But it was a good tag team match, and the FTR are now 6-0 in the division. After that, John Moxley cut a promo about MJF, and he spoke about MJF becoming champion someday, but not at all out. I think, why not at all out? I don't think Moxley has done enough with the championship, or I should say I don't think AEW has done enough with the championship since Moxley has, has won it. All their focus from the start was on Chris Jericho as champion, and then Moxley came in, won the championship, and then all the focus was still on Chris Jericho, not the champion. MJF um, said that the I mean the biggest thing to come out of this segment with the the speech and everything he was crying almost it seemed because he wants his kids papa papa which I thought was funny, but the biggest thing was Smart Mark Sterling which was cool to see him in that position. Smart Mark, uh, major wrestling figure podcast uh, programmer, I guess you would say, co-host as well sometimes. Um, And yeah, overall a wrestler at at Creative Pro Wrestling, which is cool. Jurassic Park, no, Jurassic Express and the Natural Nightmares picked up the victory over the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade. For me, this was like that that Kenny Omega and Adam Page match versus Jurassic Express where the two weeks ago or, or three weeks ago, whenever it was, when it was all over the place. It, I, for me, it, this was not great. Jungle Boy, though, continues to shine. Butcher and Blade went to fight with the Lucha Bros afterwards and Eddie Kingston came out to hype them up, which it was very interesting to have, I, I'm assuming, another stable form here. And Eddie Kingston put put one hell of a promo together to, to get them to stop fighting. And uh, apparently uh, he, he dropped name dropped Rey Mysterio during this uh, in regards to Phoenix and it was edited out. Uh, that's again, that's another one of those things where if it had aired, I would have been like, why? I, I guess maybe because a- uh, Rey Mysterio is not going to AEW now. But Britt Baker... Um, she was in a, a, the gym with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, and Britt Baker offered them free dental care and Rebel for for Rebel to do Penelope Ford's makeup for free for a year, if Ford would join her in a handicap match against Big Swole. And I guess she agreed to that. After that, Tony Schiavone interviewed Orange Cassidy. Chris Jericho interrupts before Orange Cassidy could even speak. And he congratulates him on his win last week. Puts him over. And then Jericho puts himself over as the creator of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Without actually name dropping the Money in the Bank ladder match. Which I'm fine with. Because he did create it. And then he proposed a Mimosa Mayhem match at All Out. Where you have to throw your opponent in an 80 gallon vat of orange juice. And probably not champagne, but champagne. 
the inner circle end up attacking Orange Cassidy and then poured a little bit of the bubbly on Orange Cassidy. It's uh, uh, it's an interesting concept. I don't necessarily get it. Like there, it's not like it's not a brutal thing to, to just throw your opponent into liquid. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, the winner or the loser, the loser has to jump in a pool. It's like, eh, whatever. I don't. I, but but then again, I, the match itself could be super entertaining. It's like a graveyard match. It's like, oh, the loser had. Well, no, because that or not not a graveyard. Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, a buried alive match, but that at least you get buried alive. So I don't know. We'll see how that match turns out at all out. After that, we saw the elite defeating dark order. Big surprise there. I again have to put over Johnny and Alex, John silver, Alex Reynolds for the stuff that they were doing in the match, uh, with Cody. And like they did the same thing with the match. It, uh, Cody, Cody and Matt's match when they, when they tagged up. But uh, and I also the, the tombstone the tombstone spot that Dark Order did I thought was really cool. And Kenny afterwards continued to beat down the Dark Order, and surprisingly Matt Jackson stopped him from from using a chair. So that it's interesting. So maybe Kenny Omega is gonna tease a heel turn here. He has been for a while, I guess. And the Young Bucks stopped him. Maybe they'll end up turning heel? I don't know. After that, Darby Allen defeated Will Hobbs, which was cool to see Will Hobbs on Dynamite because he has been absolutely killing it on AEW Dark over the last few weeks. Uh, but after Darby Allen picks up the victory here, Taz speaks about Team Taz. And introduced a new member, Darby, which was Ricky Starks dressed like Darby Allen. And then Brian Cage attacked Darby Allen from behind with the FTW Championship. I think this is a, a, a good smaller feud in, in the company. Afterwards, Sammy Guevara came out and Matt Hardy beat him up during the commercial break. That, I think, was a waste of... Uh, I, I get that there was uh, retribution... For Matt Hardy, but during a commercial break? I thought that was weird. And something cool from AEW Dynamite last week. Thunder Rosa was on uh, as the NWA Women's Champion, challenging Hikaru Shida to a match at All Out. I think that's great. It's really cool. We saw, uh, well, Eddie Kingston was part of the NWA. So that's interesting. He's there. I, I guess he's now signed. I guess he's no longer with the NWA. But to actually have Thunder Rosa there representing NWA, even though I don't know what, like, where the company stands right now. But I think it's pretty cool. Ivelisse and Diamante pick up the victory over the Nightmare Sisters to win the Women's Tag Team Cup? Championship Tournament? I don't know what it's, what is it called? <laughs> Forgive me. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, like I said, this was the, like, this didn't have to happen. The, the best match was the, the, their semifinals match. And I thought the ending of this match was a complete dud. 
but whatever. Uh, afterwards, the main event of the evening for the TNT Championship, Mr. Brody Lee defeats Cody to become the new champion. And this was a match in AEW that I feel like we have not necessarily seen before. And I don't, to me, I don't necessarily fully get it. On one hand, I think this is exactly how Brody Lee should have been booked from day one in AEW. But on the other hand, with Cody not getting any offense in and Brody Lee completely dominating Cody here, does this make Cody look bad? That he wasn't able to get one single move in? Like, I get that you're trying to build up Brody Lee as this monster character or whatever, but we've seen in the past that that's not the case. So, it's like everybody who faced Brody Lee and, and got moves in, does that make them look better than Cody? But... Afterwards, the Dark Order came out to celebrate. Tony Schiavone interviewed Brody, and he said, everyone who has ever doubted him is responsible for Dark Order. Cody was stretchered out, um, completed, ugh, I hated the, that forced, forced, forced thumbs up where like, oh, I'm okay. I hated that. I absolutely hated that thumbs up. I thought it was so goofy so absolutely forced, but uh, Dark Order jumps him. Arn Anderson comes out, goes to square up, but he gets jumped, and they continue to beat Cody down. Brody hits Cody with the old title in a bag, and then dumps it on him. Dark Order dragged Dustin and QT Marshall out. Brandy got in between Cody and Brody Lee. And Anna Jay, who wasn't necessarily taking sides of Dark Order up until this moment, it seems, went and took Brandy out. And I thought it was a fantastic ending to last Saturday's Dynamite. I thought it was great. Like, out of the whole show, I thought this 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 closing segment was the best thing. Moving on to this week's Dynamite, we had um, fans were were in attendance this, this week. They sold uh, 10% of a crowd. I still don't think this should have happened, but they did. There were I, they say they were telling people to to wear their masks if if they weren't. There were people shown not wearing masks, so I, I don't understand that. Chris Jericho made it seem like it wasn't mandatory, but regardless, that's one ProWrestlingTees.com slash marking out. The first match up was a gauntlet match. FTR defeated Best Friends in the finish. Uh, Young Bucks opened, defeating the Natural Nightmares. Then the uh, Best Friends stepped in next and defeated the Young Bucks because Adam Page held Nick Nick Jackson, I almost called him Nick Youngbuck. <laughs> Nick Jackson's leg to prevent him from coming into the ring. And then at the end of the match, I really liked when Dash Wilder was holding, uh, not holding, yelling at at um, at Chuck to, to reach for the rope when Scott Dawson had him locked in the submission move. 
but later on, Dasha caught up with Adam Page, and the Young Bucks came in to uh, yell at him. They found him at the bar. They called him a drunk. They called him a jobber, too, which is not correct wrestling terminology. And uh, and then they kicked him out of the Elite. Uh, they, I would assume because there were five members, you would need three of the, the five to vote, and, and Cody's not able to vote. And uh, there was no sign of Kenny Omega there, so... Not sure if that's a legal kickout or not, but after that we saw a video package of Darby Allen saying that he's not afraid of Ricky Starks, he's not afraid of anything. Leads into Lance Archer defeating Sean Maluda, which was cool to see Sean Maluda in AEW. We've seen him in WWE before, um, but we all knew how this match was going to go, which there, I have no problem with that whatsoever. But afterwards, Jake Roberts spoke about the Casino Battle Royale at All Out and put Lance Archer over. Team Taz came out, put his team over for the Battle Royale. Darby came out, went after Ricky Starks, and then Jake held uh, Lance Archer back from Brian Cage. So it was cool to see Jake Roberts versus Taz on the microphone for as little of, of time that we got to see it. I thought it was cool because they're both really great on the mic. After this, we saw a video package of Thunder Rosa, the NWA Women's Champion, and the AEW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida uh, hyping up Thunder Rosa, giving you background on her. If you don't know who she is, I think she's a tremendous talent. Uh, and I'm happy to see her working with AEW in that in that sort of fashion. Um, but they also they had a contract signing for their match at All Out, and I don't know why. Why have a video a contract signing in a video package outside of a bathroom of all places, as opposed to the next segment, which was John Moxley and MJF having their contract signing in the ring in front of live audiences, in front of a live crowd or whatever. I don't understand that one. But in the next segment, MJF basically calls Moxley overrated. And the the paradigm shift is uh, officially banned at All Out. And then John Moxley revealed that he added a page to the contract, which included John Moxley versus Mark Sterling next week on AEW Dynamite, which was a, a pop. And uh, if if, if um, Mark doesn't show up for their match next week, then MJF is out of the match at, at All Out. So we are definitely going to be seeing, MJ, uh, not MJF, John Moxley versus Smart Mark Sterling. So that's cool. After that, we saw Santana and Ortiz in a uh, tape promo on the best friends trying to uh or, or yelling at the best friends about making them apologize for Sue's van I don't know where that's going to lead to we didn't really see any of that tonight the Santana and Ortiz weren't even included in the gauntlet match um nor did they even like actually physically appear but after that, the Butcher and the Blade teamed up with the Lucha Bros. I don't know if they have an official stable name yet. But they defeated Sonny Kiss, Joey Janela, Griff Garrison, and Brian Pillman Jr. I think this was uh, my favorite match of the evening. I liked this. It was uh, an expected outcome. 
but uh, I liked everything that happened in the match. And afterwards, Eddie Kingston announced that all five of them will be in the Casino Battle Royale, so the odds are in their favor to win it, get a future title shot. So that's cool. After this, we saw the Dark Order come out carrying a casket to rid AEW of Cody. Uh, They introduced Brody Lee, and they took Tony Schiavone into the ring for an interview. And Brody said that the open challenges... Uh, are done. The days of having the independent folk come in and wrestle for the TNT championship finished. And uh, he also officially welcomed Anna Jay into the Dark Order, I-, I believe, as number 99. So that's awesome. And then uh, <laughs> John Silver was celebrating a little too much, I guess, for Brody's liking, and he slapped him down. And then Dustin and QT Marshall came out to fight them, but they got taken out. Scorpio Sky came out, ends up getting taken out, and Matt Cardona finally makes the save, helps everybody there fight off the Dark Order. And I believe that's uh, going to have a tag team match at All Out. So that's, that's cool. Matt's got his first pay-per-view in AEW. After that segment, we saw Big Swole defeat Penelope Ford and Rebel. Uh, just this wasn't this wasn't a good match. I literally I, can't, I have nothing else to say about this. But the the segment to follow this, we saw the Dark Order come out and offer Tay Conti a contract with what seems like the Dark Order. She hugged Anna Jay, so I'm assuming she's accepting the contract. So that's awesome. I still, I mean, I said this over and over again on this show. Best match of the women's division, uh, the women's tag team tournament, was Anna Jay and Tay Conti versus Ivelisse and Diamante. So I'm happy that we will be seeing more of Tay Conti in AEW. Uh, after that was the main event. Sammy Guevara defeated Matt Hardy in a table match, which it was like a six-minute table match. I, I don't know. There was like nothing that happened on that in, in that match. Just the, like the only thing of like recognition was the fact that both of them were busted open in six minutes, and there was a a, a deleted table that Matt Hardy had. Not really, um, I don't know why, I don't know why you would do a six minute, a table match that, that short and not like have that build up elsewhere onto a pay-per-view. I, I'm assuming there's still going to be another match between them because Hardy lost here, but I don't know. It just, I, it, there was nothing to it to me. And then immediately following the bell, Orange Cassidy ran out and jumped Chris Jericho and they brawled. And that ended AEW. But uh, yeah, so that's that's this week's AEW Dynamite. Hey, Brandon, got any shout outs? Hey, I was going to ask that. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Louie Anderson. Survey says Brandon shout outs. The first shout-out goes to WWE Untold. Bailey and Sasha Banks take over Brooklyn. Uh, it was it aired on the five-year anniversary of, of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Uh, and it was about their match at Brooklyn. Only five years. 
Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago, but it was I, it was fantastic. I teared up watching this. I felt like a dumbass. <laughs> 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 but it's like, like for real though, it's like the best match I've ever seen was that match. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I've said it last week even, how high I was after, like, from emotion and, like, enjoyment and excitement of that pay-per-view and, and everything. It was just fantastic. And I still, like I said last week, I think, I'd get goosebumps watching that match. It was so good to watch back. And, and, and it was so crazy to hear them say stuff like, we couldn't go out and practice our match beforehand we had to call basically call it on the fly because if we went out there we were afraid that they'd be like oh no you can't do that you're a woman you can't do those dives you can't do this move you can't do Mm -hmm. this you can't do that so it was very interesting i would definitely say check that out um yeah i'm a fan fan of theirs for life yeah i mean i think that both of them have hall of fame careers no doubting that um and just that match was a huge, uh, huge part of their career, their launching part. I went back and listened to us talk about that event. Uh huh. And like right off the bat, you're like, "This is why this was a match of the year candidate." Yeah. And it's like match of the year, brother. That's a match of the decade for me. <laughs> <laughs> but who knew? I mean, it was crazy, but. Next shout-out goes to Lince Dorado. I gave a shout-out last month for his Twitch account, but he's doing a charity stream uh, or a bunch of charity streams uh, right now where the money raised will will go towards teachers' school supplies. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so check it out. Twitch.tv slash Lucha Lit Station. It was also really cool this past week he was doing uh, a stream... He does gear making streams and everything, which is cool to see him actually make his his pants and stuff. Oh, he 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 makes his own. Yeah, his masks. He has a mask guy, but he makes his own pants. That's cool. And I think that's really cool. You could watch him des- uh, design it, watch him make it. This past week, he was designing the gear, and it was gonna be Raptors inspired gear. Okay. And it was cool to see him get fan feedback. And I'm in the chat there. I'm like, <laughs> here's the thing. I know you're the links. You're the golden links. How about changing the tiger stripes on the side to the teeth, like the Raptors jersey? Mm-hmm. And he, he like reads it. And it was like a light bulb goes off in his head. And he like, he ended up drawing that into the design. So I don't know. If that's going to make the final product, but it, if it does, it'd be really cool to see. So That's really cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so definitely check it out. Donate if you can. Uh, if you can't, at least go uh, retweet his tweets about it. And just, just check out the streams in general. You can just, it's free to, to just watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last shout-out goes to Renee Young. Uh, she announced that her last date with WWE was SummerSlam. Yeah, very unfortunate. And I guess like you had to see it. You had the. We rumors don't know out why there. she left. We don't know why she left. But yeah, there were rumors that she was going to be leaving. She was in WWE for eight years, and it was. I mean, it, a very entertaining eight years. It could have just been contract expired. I, I don't know, but she no. has she has a cookbook coming out. Um, 
she and like this is something like we for a long time wanted this to to see or hear her be a commentator on Monday Night Raw. She finally was a commentator on Monday Night Raw for a brief time. She did a lot for women in WWE. Yeah, in my opinion. But, but like even with, with commentary, where she didn't think she was good, and like we enjoyed her on when she was on NXT doing commentary. Yeah, from the start, and we, we were always did. like huge supporters. We always wanted Renee Young on Monday Night Raw, and then we finally got it. It was cool. Yeah, and yeah. She she's she's done so much. She's interviewed so many people. Um. I mean the JBL and and Cole show and Renee show or whatever they added. Oh man, that was always just to go back in time. There it was such a great show. Uh, Southpaw Regional Wrestling when she was Susan that was fantastic. If if you don't remember the JBL and Cole and Renee Young show, definitely go into YouTube. It it has to be on YouTube. Yeah, definitely go back and watch that. It was a fantastic series that I dearly miss. Mm-hmm. And uh, our last tweet was about that, I believe, to JBL, and we got blocked. <laughs> no, I, I I really think so, but I don't know. Do you think I still that have why? No, I no, because it was a positive tweet about it. But I feel like he might have been like vanity searching Pete Rosenberg, perhaps, and that's how he got blocked by JBL at one point. Maybe I don't know. I don't know him and him and Bennett, Wade Barrett. Bennett, Wade Barrett. What the heck? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, we're going to definitely miss Renee Young. She's entertained us for the past eight years. And thank AEW you. bound. Probably. Maybe not. Maybe. Who knows? Who, who knows? It was cool. Definitely... She was on the bump this week, though. And it was just like they played like goodbye messages for her. And like she's tearing up and everything. And then they get to Bailey. And it's like a, a, like a tight shot of Bailey. And then it zooms out. She goes, face me in the underground. She's in Raw Underground. <laughs> that was really funny. So you can yeah, check I that mean, out too. Yeah, Renee Young. Did, I, I, like I said, I think she did a lot for women in, re- in WWE. Well, yeah. in wrestling, I guess, because she, like you said, like she was the first one on commentary. Yeah, she, and... I mean, even, even uh, WrestleMania, she called. She was on the kickoff, I believe, which led into the the first match. Of they were like, no, you're staying, you're staying to do the first match, and she, yeah, she and called. She called the first match, and then she called the the main event with with Becky, Ronda I mean, Rousey, if you, and Charlotte. If you think about it, can you remember any female uh, non wrestler that is as memorable as Renee Young, or that has had so, as much as an impact? I don't think anybody has really had been as monumental as Renee Young. Yeah, and she also, she called, she she got to call a, a match, uh, an event, I should say, not just a match, in Saudi Arabia, which was groundbreaking. Yeah, I, it's tough to be in that sort of a position and be remembered um, for great things, and Renee Young did it. Yeah, so, just well, overall, wherever, think, wherever her- she goes. I think that her personality and... Yeah, it's very bubbly, and it's like... And also badass at the same time. Yeah, I feel like her personality just really draws you in, and you're like, wow, this is somebody I could relate to. She seems really fun, really nice, and you just want to... You just want to see her succeed and everything, and yeah, we wish her the best. Yeah, we didn't even mention, like, Talking Smack. That's back now. Just different hosts. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but she definitely that was fantastic on that. She was also on uh, WWE backstage on Fox Sports. Yeah. So Renee Paquette. Yeah, she's she's the one that introduced CM Punk. Yeah. You know. So those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our Mark Out Moment of the Week. That is right, our Mark Out Moment of the Week. So many things. Definitely mentioned everything already. I mean, <laughs> the the takeover gear that Bronson Reed had, the Bam Bam Bigelow inspired gear, uh, mm-hmm. Wade Barrett doing commentary for NXT, uh, the Iron Man match being announced definitely, just just like I mean Roman Reigns, Roman never Reigns, thought, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Never thought that I would have marked out for Roman Reigns. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely Roman Reigns. I marked out for. Uh, yeah, just so much took place this past week. I mean, I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe we didn't, we had some down points, but I feel like there was more upside to this week in WWE marked out for Pat McAfee's, uh, ring ability, you know? Yeah. So definitely. Also, I mean, I know Chris would be pissed off if I didn't mention it. Smart Mark being part of AEW, part of MJF's crew, his uh, his official lawyer now. Mm-hmm. That was, so that's awesome too. So yeah, I mean Damian Priest, I marked out for him winning. Also, I mean, I already discussed this Thunder Rosa being on Dynamite as oh, the, wow. as the NWA Women's Champion. That's cool. Yeah, she laid out the challenge to uh, Hikaru Shida. Very cool. And then, obviously, I mean, Brody Lee becoming the the TNT champion was awesome as well. So, yeah, I he totally took out and dominated Cody. But, um, uh, we also we have to discuss the Thunderdome. Oh, I okay. My mark out. Well, I guess that's for from last week. But even still, you weren't here for I, the last week's I, mark yeah, out moments. Okay, so then I'm gonna. But the, my mark out moment was during was the Thunderdome, the uh, Thunderdome being introduced by Vince McMahon, and then the Fiend's entrance. Yeah, that was cool. Like the Fiend's entrance, I totally was marking out for. It, especially not only was it the Fiend's entrance with the Thunderdome, but Vince McMahon was prone in the ring. And I was standing the entire time. I was marking out. I was <laughs> losing it. Um, yeah, it stuff like that makes me. I just love wrestling. There were also, I guess, some unfortunate things that happened with the Thunderdome. Yeah, you know, please, 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 like people just, that are listening to this, don't ruin it for the rest yeah, of us. Don't be a stupid idiot. That's just stupid. Yeah, if you're gonna be stupid, just don't do it. In this sort of a manner, please. Like, especially like, like putting up a picture of Chris Benoit is one thing, but then putting up—I don't know if it was a photo or a video of a Ku Klux Klan meeting. I, yeah, how stupid I don't, no, I are think, you? 
I, I think the person may have been dressed up in it. I don't, I don't know. I I thought it was like footage from one from a oh, meeting. I I don't know, but and it's like you're not I, funny, you're not edgy, you're not cool. It's, it's just yeah. like you're you're an idiot. Totally, totally an idiot. Uh, and I, it's tough to trust the fans, but hopefully WWE has learned their lesson about yeah but there's not like anything they can do it has to be live there has to be some sort of a way that you can keep an eye on each and every person they maybe they need, have to hire they would need like a thousand moderators or whatever i mean maybe they need to hire well more people to be watching the fans but i think maybe have the fans sign some sort of an agreement that if they do do this that they're going to be uh but like that's the thing like i don't know like to get into the thunderdome to sign up you put your real name and phone number i don't know if they put goofed emails and 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 names and phone numbers in there or not i think that they have to find better ways to double check uh everything and to have them whoever screen is up they have to be able to have a way to hold them accountable yeah i don't know i don't know how they do that, but like even like either have each screen uh, numbered and have that number attached to a specific account, but yeah. But hopefully, hey, this was the first week with it, so let's hope this the rest of this week and next week we are fairly clean, you know. Yeah, um, but that was our episode number four hundred and ninety nine. The big five hundred will be next week. Oh, you you excited? Absolutely insane that Marking Out has been doing weekly 500 episodes come next week. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for everybody, uh, to everybody that's listening. Uh, We really appreciate your support. We love all of you. Thank you so much. Um, Very, very humble, uh, humbling experience and grateful to be able to speak to all of you. But I guess this is my part to uh, take it home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, this was episode 499. Thank you so much once again, everyone. Um, Go check out MarkingOut.com. Go listen to all of our past episodes. Go check out all of our future episodes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Buy the T-shirt. Subscribe on Spotify Podcast, please. Yeah, Spotify. Because why not? But – and Instagram.com slash BTTG161. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Dog on Twitter, Dave the Rave underscore MO, at Marking Out. We wish you the, the ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fan.